Shelly, in this episode today, we are going to talk about sex and religion again. Again? You know, buckle up. Okay. This is, um, it never gets old. This is going to be a long one, mm-hmm. a long, bumpy ride. Well, I'm ready. Are you ready? Mm, yes. You know, we should give a little trigger warning. Yeah, true. There's some sensitive subjects that we discuss in here, mm-hmm. such as sexual abuse, sexual abuse, assault, mm-hmm. um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All those shame and guilt mm-hmm. and inadequacy feelings around sex because mm-hmm. of religion. So if some of those subjects are sensitive to you, uh, feel free to skip this one. Or listen with a friend. Or listen with a friend. Mm-hmm. Take care of you. Yes. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Latter-day Lesbian, the podcast about an ex-Mormon good girl trying to figure out her life. I'm back to trying to. I'm trying. <laughs> it's been a little struggle, struggle busy lately. Yeah, I think the last episode uh, that we recorded that just came out, I was um, in a bit of a funk, a little bit of a depression. Yeah, how you doing? Lots better. Okay, I'm Mary. I'm Shelly. You're better. I'm glad to hear yeah, that. Yeah, I got through my monthly. <laughs> your courses. My, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I've never my, understood that. Your courses? You never heard that? How old are you? <laughs> You've never heard that your expression? Your courses? <laughs> You've never heard that? No. <laughs> oh, God. I. You know, sometimes I'm like, did I really enter a relationship with someone who gets the early bird special at Denny's? <laughs> Jesus. And says courses. Did you get through your courses? Good thing that I've got a thick skin over here. <laughs> yeah, but it's soft. Thick skin. <laughs> is it? It is. Very lotioned. <laughs> anyway. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we meant to record last night, but I had the bright idea to go out <laughs> to get a salad for lunch. I uh, hadn't eaten all day because I had just, I had worked out. I was busy with kids, blah, blah, blah. So we get to uh, Glory Days Grill. And <laughs> shout out to Glory Days. Shout out. Fairfax. <laughs> I mean, they had a thousand TVs on with a thousand different football games. So it was a good time for me and the place mm-hmm. was packed. So lots of fun energy. Um, but they had this beer. Yeah, they sure did. It was uh, like a pumpkin ale. Yeah. And that, I like a good like Oktoberfest type ale. I have never had one as delicious as this one. It was really tasty. It was delicious, <laughs> like I said. And I ended up imbibing a bit more than I had intended. Yeah. Basically got shit-faced. <laughs> Mary brought me home. I basically passed out in the bed. Woke up a couple hours later, still a little drunk. <laughs> then the headache hit. Essentially, we did not podcast True. last night. True. Also... I had had some too, but for some reason, I'm just such a hardened drinker, I guess. Yeah, I think your your innards are used to it. (laughs) So you had a beer and a half. It was like two beers. I had a full one by myself. We split that second beer. But it was a tall. Okay. Beer and a half. Oh, fine. No. (laughs) Half would have been half of one of the short ones. I would say I had 24 ounces of beer. All right. So the first beer was completely on an empty stomach because mm-hmm. it took forever for them to bring out my salad. Mm-hmm. And then the next half of a tall beer mm-hmm. I had while eating rabbit food, basically. Well, um, you're a cheap date, so that's good. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> and you have a good time on Little Money. Good yeah. time. Good time made, to be made had. Made friends with the people, pretended to cheer for whoever they were cheering for. I didn't give a mm-hmm. shit, but I was, I was in the crowd. You were. You're all about that Mm -hmm. bar scene. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Kind of was last yesterday. Yeah, Yeah. you were. Anyway. My last bar experience, I was in Nags Head, North Carolina with some friends and made a woman trigger at the bar. You do have that effect on the ladies. (laughs) You want to tell that? (laughs) Uh, If this person ever listens to this podcast, 
we're not trying to throw you under the bus. No. We won't say your name. We have empathy. Sympathy? Empathy. Empathy. And, well, both. We, we have, have both. both. Mm-hmm. She knew about our podcast because I was telling it to the woman next to us because she was like, what book are you reading? And I was like, oh, Eckhart Tolle, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is what you do at a bar. I carry that around <laughs> just to look smart. I have no uh-huh. idea. Yeah. Yeah, you have no idea anything about this guy. Mm-hmm. So this woman on the my right side was asking me about the book. She's like, oh, my sister is big into spiritualism and existentialism or whatever. And so we were talking about that. And mm-hmm. Started talking about meeting you and ex-religion and the whole deal. Meanwhile, the woman on the right, or sorry, on my left, I uh, was like, did you say Mormon? So I started talking to her because she was raised Southern Baptist, was almost a Southern Baptist minister. I was tempted to say, wait, can you be a minister as a female in the Southern Baptist religion? Maybe that's like a certain thread that allows it. Who knows? Maybe. So she was curious on how you ended up leaving Mormonism. Mm-hmm. So I started just telling her about Mormonism. And she looked visibly uncomfortable, asked me to stop talking and said she was having PTSD. Wow. So I, I did, obviously. Who knew? Probably she was thinking, oh, I'm just hearing about somebody else's religion. No. It's not going to have any effect on me. Mm-mm. But boy, did it. A cult is a cult is a cult. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Well, sweetie, I, you know, I hope that trigger moment that she had, as unfortunate as it was, maybe that will kind of make her think a little bit like, oh, yeah, I am kind of fucked up by this. Because really, you don't heal from anything until you realize that you're fucked up. Name it to tame it. Oh. That's what they say mm-hmm. in the therapeutic community. <laughs> it's rubbed <laughs> off on me a little bit. Oh, I'll rub <laughs> off on you a little bit. <laughs> Well, it is a sex episode. Oh, shit. Maybe that's why that's in my brain. <laughs> Plus, you were gone for a week and I missed you, baby. I know. I know, but I'm back now. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you to my friends who invited me to the beach. Yes. Shelly couldn't go because and kids. Kids and, and behind on everything. You were just not feeling like traveling. Couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Too much shit going on. It was too stressful to think about doing another trip. I just couldn't. Yeah, couldn't, I get it. Couldn't do it. I, I mean, I did out. a lot of working while yeah, I was there. For sure. Yeah. Wasn't completely a vacation. Mm. But I did get a long walk on the beach every day. Anyway, you know it was this past weekend, don't you? Uh, General conference. Mm -hmm. Someone Mm -hmm. was referring to it as genital conference (laughs) on the social medias. Oh, yeah? Was there genital talk? No, no, not at all. It's just a funny way to say general conference. Ah, I see. Okay, so this is uh, my wrap-up of general conference. Let's see. Rusty announced 13 new temples. Oh. Yay, wasted money on great <laughs> and spacious buildings that only a, the tiniest population can even enter mm-hmm. when you build them with all the tithing money and there's people starving to death. So yay that. Well, then they get to replace the carpet after the Gentiles come in. That's true. We don't want Gentile foot <laughs> smudge. Fuck, no. And the other big announcement was Dallin Asshat Oaks said the people need to go to church. doesn't oh, yeah. matter if it's a Muslim church, Baptist church. People need to go to church. Mm-hmm. Oh, but by the way— the Mormon church is the only church you can go to to truly be saved. Right. So, so what's the point of wasting your time with the other ones? I don't know, but there's your wrap up. <laughs> you know what's funny is, is I'm just like, I don't give a shit about conference. Mm-hmm. I just pull a couple of things that people are buzzing about and like, that was your big moment. So here are all of these men called of God, prophets, seers, and uh-huh. revelators, and the revelation for God's people. Mm-hmm. Go to church. Go to church, but make sure you go to our church. Mm-hmm. And we're building more temples, even though our membership numbers are plummeting. You know, they had six months to prepare for this thing. <laughs> and six months to hear messages from God that would be more enlightened, shall we say, than go to church. I mean, that'd be good. Right? Yeah. 
isn't God talking to those dudes? No. <laughs> you don't think so? No, I don't. Oh. Yeah, I'm starting to think it's, it's all, all fake. fake. There we go. Wow, Shelly, yeah. you're stealing my lines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Steer clear of cults. <laughs> wow. Get them all in there. I'm Mary. Huh. Okay. You got to start talking about toaster ovens? Oh, you used what? the toaster oven this weekend. Because we didn't have two ovens. <laughs> yes. Only reason. What'd you make in there? Pizza rolls or something? It was Totino's pizza roll. No, no, no. No, I did the um, taquitos, taquitos, which I could have done in the oven. I mean, in the toaster. You can put taquitos in a toaster? I could have tried. Oh, God. You couldn't fit as many, though. Mm-hmm, fire. You know, if you lined them up like soldiers. Holes, yeah. <laughs> Little taquito soldiers. All right, I'm going to try that next time. No. They're going to fall over. They're going to start a fire. No. You can, you're going to have put a knife down in there. It's going to be a disaster. Toasters only do one thing. Can the you toast. Just, Perfectly. Okay, sure. Yay, <laughs> toaster ovens. Woohoo! Toaster ovens do one thing as well, and that's to dry the fuck out of some bread. Team Mary, go oh Team Mary. Can oh, we I get on make with those this? shirts, by the way? Oh, yeah. That's on my list. Okay. Team Mary and Team Jelly shirts. Gotcha. You all, we have this banter. Uh, it is not a rivalry, it's all in good fun. <laughs> Your face. <laughs> <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> yeah, you agree to disagree on yeah, that one? Yeah, it's a rivalry. <laughs> it's a rivalry? And it's serious. Should we work out our aggressions in bed? Yes. 100%. (laughs) Well, it is a sex episode. (laughs) It's true. How many times am I going to say that today? I don't know, but it is a sex episode. (laughs) Oh, you're stealing my lines again. (laughs) I sure did. (laughs) God, maybe we should read some letters. Yeah, should we jump to it? Do you have anything else to add based on the last recording? Uh, No, there was the the drunken yesterday and the conference wrap-up. That's really all I got. That's all you got? I was Mm -hmm. wondering if you had any new thoughts on the subject of sex and religion. I'm sure I will as we read through these people's letters. That is true. Usually that's what uh, triggers something in my brain. Well, trigger warning, I have written right across this because of the next letter, which we gave at the beginning of the episode. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it again. Trigger Mm -hmm. warning. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, This is from a patron. This person says, my relationship with sex started outside of the church, but was then screwed up even more by the church. I was sexually abused as a young child by a neighbor for about a year and a half. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Not long before I turned eight, a group came around to my school and did a presentation to the kids. Basically, they said, if something bad is happening to you, tell us and we will help you make things better. I told. By the time I got home that afternoon, they had told my mother. My mother couldn't accept that it had happened and told them I was making it up. Ugh. I was lectured about telling the truth. I was ridiculed about making it up from time to time growing up. The only good thing that happened due to my telling was that the abuse stopped. Ugh, the story mm. already. I'm glad the abuse stopped, but yes. oh my God, being the guilt uh, gaslit and shame and, yeah. by all these people and the guilt and shame. Oh my God. As I grew older, the church added to my sexual trauma. The purity talks at church started, and I knew I wasn't pure. I couldn't undo what was done to me because you only get one chance. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. I couldn't say anything out loud in a lesson surrounded by people who might judge me, so I kept quiet. As I reached an age where I started having interviews with a bishop, I tried again. I shared about being molested. I was told to pray and read my scriptures. I was told to forgive. Never once did they suggest any mental health care. I was depressed. I had anxiety. I was 12 by then. That is so young. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't talk about my experience with anyone. My mother didn't believe it happened. 
My leaders would think I was impure or that I had done something. I couldn't tell my friends. I was not in the popular group. I was overweight and not pretty. I was afraid to attract anyone to myself. I mean, you could see why, right? Sure, yeah. Ugh. I didn't let myself become attracted to others. I wasn't worthy of being loved. When I was 16, I didn't date. Who would want to date me? I became the fringe friend, the one on the edges, not close to anyone at church, not a part of the crowd. If I wasn't interested in anyone, then it didn't matter that no one was interested in me. I hated church dances. I didn't go to high school dances either. Mormon dating is so screwed up, you're shopping for your eternal partner. From the first meeting, you are evaluating eternal potential. I didn't feel that I had that. I was still single at 21, so I did what was expected and I served a mission. My depression and anxiety roared under the stress of being a missionary. I had a companion throw a phone at me when she felt I wasn't doing my share of the work. That bitch. Yeah, I know. <laughs> my mission president tried to help some, but he wasn't a trained mental health professional. I mean, none of them are trained mental health professionals. The fact that kids feel, well, they're told that they need to go in and talk to a bishop about sexual problems that they're having, uh -huh. which can very well include abuse. Oh, yeah. And these bishops don't know what the fuck they're doing. Why would they? No, they're not trained. I mean, no. how many years does a person have to go to school to be an actual therapist? It's a lot. The Mormon church is so fucking cheap. If they had a salary attached to being a bishop— then that person could potentially afford the schooling necessary, the training necessary to be able to actually lead a congregation and to be able to actually counsel people. No, I agree, but the church prides itself on— In being cheap as shit. <laughs> well, that's not the way they put it. Um, but having a lay ministry that doesn't get paid, right? And, and doesn't get trained. Doesn't get Well, of course not, because they're not going to pay for the training. Right. There's also this whole bullshit about when you receive a calling and then you are giving a blessing so that you can perform that calling, that somehow God's magical <laughs> spirit is going to train you in that bullshit. That is so ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And that people buy that shit. Yeah. And meanwhile, there's billions and bill hundreds of billions of dollars sitting in the yeah. church coffers. They could be actually training people to help these poor kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuckers. Uh, the listener says, when we talked about my abuse, my mission president told me it would be worse for my abuser than if he had a millstone tied around his neck and was drowned. But then later when I was struggling with depression, he also told me that when someone asked me how I was, the answer was always fine, thanks, and that I should never tell anyone that I was anything but fine. Yep. So first of all, that whole, it'd be better if he had a millstone tied around his neck. Oh, that Bible gobbledygook is not mm -hmm. comforting. It is no. not comforting. No, because it's like, well, I don't really care how you've been traumatized. Don't you worry. That guy's getting his someday when in he dies. In the end. He'll in get his end. in the end. Yeah, but what about <laughs> her while she's dealing with this shit her entire right. life? Right. And what about him who might still be abusing people? Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. That abuser's still out there because no one's having to talk with that guy. Right. Right. And then she's like, oh, but make sure you don't talk about it in public. Yeah. Make sure you seem like everything's fine. I, that is the Mormon way. <laughs> Everything is fine. Oh, my all God. All is good in Zion. No, all is well in Zion. Oh, is that an expression? Speak weird when you're Mormon. Yeah, <laughs> all is well in Zion. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh, okay, back to the letter. Eventually, I sought mental health care through a program at work. I found the most amazing counselor. That's awesome. 
About a year after I started therapy, I added a psychologist to my team and began trying to find a medication that could help my depression and anxiety. Fast forward to earlier this summer, I finally felt ready to let myself be me. That's amazing. Yeah. I am queer. Yay! Yeah. I decided once and for all, I was done with the church. Yes. Good answer. Ding, yes. ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I knew I wasn't going back to church and that I needed to work through finding my way to not feel guilty for things the church teaches are sins. Yeah, that is a process. Whoa. Coming to believe that Drinking coffee is a sin right? as I'm drinking my coffee oh, right yeah. now. From yeah. the smallest, stupidest thing. Yeah, let's do a shout-out to Mahogany Queen Coffee Co. right now. Oh, God, perfect timing. They're today's coffee sponsor mm-hmm. uh, with that LDL After Dark blend that you enjoy so much when I say it. Yeah, we've had a lot of listeners order their coffee and have amazing feedback about it. So That's right, with uh, those notes of brown sugar, molasses, and I don't know. Sex. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Only for today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> now with more sex. Oh. <laughs> LDL after dark. Now with more sex. <laughs> if you would like to procure some of this coffee, procure? What do you think of that word? Old person. Shall, old person word. Nice. Please head to latterdaylesbian.org slash coffee and get started. Way okay. to put that in there. That was great. Yeah, you like that? Uh-huh. Okay, but back to this letter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, for not feeling guilty for the things the church teaches are sins. Wow, that is a lifetime struggle. And as we go through some more of these letters, there's such a commonality with trying to unlearn. You're just trying to live a normal life, right? A a regular, healthy life. And then you got all these messages. That's a sin. That's a sin. Stop, stop. It's a sin. Yeah, like a regular, normal, kind of boring-ass life. Like where you maybe have a glass of wine or a cup of coffee. Most of the shit you're doing is a sin (laughs) to the Mormons. I know. I know. And— you better not touch yourself. No. You better not do that. Better tie both <laughs> hands to the bedposts. <laughs> All right. You oh. can't be trusted. Oh. oh. Really? Actually, I'm not into that. You're not? I'd be afraid I'd get an itch and couldn't scratch it and I would lose my <laughs> shit. Well, if you're a good girl, I'll scratch it for you. It's usually like in my nose. <laughs> what? In it's usually nose? like in my nose. In your nose? Yeah. Would you scratch in my That's nose? That's love for you right in there. In the heat of passion? <laughs> If that was required or something, is this part of your weird <laughs> sex fantasy? No, but it would it would make it would like interrupt everything because like oh, I got an itch in my nose okay. and suddenly I'm we not distract on. you. Yes, yeah. Oh, we're gonna talk about this later. Okay. But the book "Come as You Are." Mm. I want to talk about that later. Oh, you've been reading it. Uh, I have not, but we have a copy of it, and it came up on a recent podcast. But we're gonna talk about all that later. But that is what is uh, block. Gosh, how did she talk about it? I have not read it. There are things that block while you're doing while you're while you're doing the deed while you're doing it <laughs> while you're bumping uglies. Oh my goodness! Okay. Sure. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, speak for yourself. Mine's quite attractive. It's true. It's very pretty. <laughs> <laughs> there are blocks to that, and there are exe- like receptors, mm-hmm. and so you can get these. And I'm not saying it right, but you can get these blocks in your brain. Like I've got an itchy nose that keep you from. Being in the space to enjoy sure. a sexual Or this experience. is um, sex outside of the Mormon right. allowed sex. Mm-hmm. That is more blockage. typical than just a, a nitchy nose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't hear about that one as much, mm-hmm. like in the medical textbooks. Gotcha. <laughs> you don't hear that one. No. Okay. Let's get back to the slide. We're almost done. We're almost done. A little sidetracky today. Yeah. 
this person is officially out of the closet now. Congratulations. But she says, where does that leave me? I'm 44. Other than being abused as a child, I have zero sexual experience. Oh, sweetie. I never even kissed anyone as a teen. I have significant issues with self-worth. The church put so much pressure on being pure and on being straight that I never could have typical teenage or young adult experiences with sex and all things related to it. Do you know how embarrassing that is? And where do you start? I'm not interested in just casually having sex to have sex, but I would like to have positive experiences. My anxiety tells me I could really suck at sex and that I might not like it due to my childhood sexual abuse. I don't know how to date people in, you know, quote, the world. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to not look for my eternal mate. Oh, and add to all that, the pandemic. So now social things are even more complicated. Kissing becomes even scarier with COVID floating around. The church took the trauma of my childhood and magnified it. The church took who I am and made it a sin. The church took my depression and anxiety and made it out to be my fault. They blamed me for not being happy. The church taught me to hold in my grief, to present a happy front. I'm working on all that. My counselor is amazing and I'd be lost without her. I still have a lot of trauma to work through, but at least I'm working on it. That's awesome. Yeah. Anonymous listener who sent this in, this is actually an amazing step in healing. Yes. Is writing it down and sharing it. Yeah. Even anonymously, knowing that people are hearing your story. Thousands of people just heard your story right now. Mm -hmm. That's brave. Yes. Very brave. Yes. And I would suggest that there are potential partners out there sexual partners who could turn into lifetime partners. Sure. Who anything's possible. Would be patient. Absolutely. You would were patient be with me. Loving. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was patient with you. Yeah. I sure was. And you rocked my world. Ooh. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not alone. There are other patient, loving people out there. Absolutely. That would be gentle and be understanding mm-hmm. and Take it slow and everything else that you need. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a marathon, people, not a sprint. That's true. And you don't have to do anything you're not comfortable doing. Take life at your own pace. Mm -hmm. As far as that church tape in your head about finding an eternal partner, uh, God, that's a lot of pressure. Like, okay, I need to, I need to know for sure that this is the person I want to be with forever. Yeah, I know that is a lot of pressure. Mm When we started dating, when we first started being intimate, we didn't know Mm-mm. what the longevity factor was going to be. But we knew we cared about each other. Yeah. You know? yeah. And that, I guess, was enough yeah. for then. Yeah. But still, it's like when you're thrust in a moment and then you have that message in your head, this is sin, guilt and shame. You are wrong. Yeah. You need to do it different. You know, that is challenging to overcome. I'm glad you were in therapy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Seriously, even just talking about this stuff is going to help you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hang in there. Let us know how it goes. Yeah. You have a huge support system in this podcast with this audience. I really, really do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are rooting for you. We love you. Thank you. Thank you for being brave and sharing your story, writing in. You are going to help and inspire more people than you know. It's true. Thank you so much. I think we should take a quick commercial break. Okay. And then get into more of these uh, letters when we get back. Foom, foom pod. 
There's a foom pot coming up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, there is. And this is a fun one for uh, me. Oh, yeah, I know. When uh-huh. I was reading this, I was like, what is this thing? And you're like, oh, foom oh, pot. Oh, foom pot. Stop reading foom pot. Okay. Right. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back. It's foom pod time. Cue music. It's the fucked up Mormon phrase of the day. Okay, Mary. Mm-hmm. The fucked up Mormon phrase of the day today is Provo Push. <laughs> Provo Push. It's also known by a few other names, but we're going to go with them. Provo Push. Well, okay. So when I was reading the letter that mm-hmm. you're about to read, mm-hmm. and it had this listed, I just threw it in with that whole, like, um, what I imagine soaking is. Mm-hmm. Like, soaking, to my understanding, <laughs> is penis gets inserted into vagina and then just sits there. Yeah, nobody moves. Nobody moves, because mm-hmm. somehow that isn't sex. Correct. And then the latest thing I've heard is that you can have your friend jump on the bed. To cause friction. <laughs> ding, 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 Is that ding, what ding. it is? That's what it is. That's Provo Push? That's Provo Push. If so, someone jumps on the bed? So this, <laughs> I, you know, all you Mormons who are listening, no, Mormons are listening, um, you have actually made it into Urban Dictionary. <laughs> really? Yes, you have arrived. So Provo Push is, during a Mormon soaking session, mm, mm. a third party <laughs> pushes up on the mattress oh. under you both to initiate Rusting. Oh my So you can God. jump on the bed or you can lay under the bed and push it up, causing the thrusting. So here, um, I know the Urban Dictionary loves to put things into a sentence for understanding. <clears throat> here we go. I can't go this weekend. I'm the Provo push for my bro. Does <laughs> 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 Rusty... Know that this is happening you know, I on don't, BYU campus? No, because he's a gazillion years old. It's <laughs> like, would my gazillion-year-old grandpa know what a Provo push is? <laughs> if you explain it to him, yeah. <laughs> I hope someone when explains it When are they going to do him. a talk about the Provo push? Mm-hmm. Oh, here's another <laughs> sentence. I love when they put them in sentences. <clears throat> <laughs> Last night, I macked with this girl and got blue balls. It was worth it because we did the Provo push. <laughs> I macked. <laughs> with this girl. Oh, my God. God, Mormons. Oh, the my fuck? God. The workarounds. Yeah. They're so just elaborate. You got to oh, yeah. give them credit for creativity. Anything to avoid having to go to your bishop and, mm-hmm. and confess something. Confess anything. So somehow this gets you around confession. Well, why would you have to go confess? Because I, you didn't actually do the deed. But I, I would have gone I and confessed. that they're wearing condoms. So this is my fear. Mm-hmm. My fear is if they put on a condom, then it'll really feel like sex. That's true. If you put on a condom, then you, you're planning on sex. Right. You're planning something. Mm. So if you're not wearing a condom, you can still get pregnant and pass on an STD mm-hmm. with this but you won't behavior. To, but you won't have to tell your bishop. But this is a problem. This is a well, problem. I, yeah. That's basically unsafe sex. So Mormons are not thinking of that. No. No, it's like, how do I skirt the rules? Because they're yeah. all horny. Of course they are. They're teenagers. For sure. Or, or early 20s. Oh, for sure they are. And you start making out, and pretty soon you're turned on. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, well, I'll just jam it in but not move. And the girl's like, okay. Poor girl, by the way. <laughs> What's she getting out of it? Nothing. <laughs> what, what, are, what do girls get out of anything that has to do with fucking Mormonism? With fucking and Mormonism. <laughs> same and same. 
Oh, my God. I know. If anybody knows if any of these kids are wearing condoms during the Provo push, can you let us know? Because this is now a concern for me. I can't imagine that they would be because what kind of good Mormon boy is going to purchase condoms? Condoms? No, you would never. Oh, for sure. No. Oh, my God. And what kind of good Mormon girl would require him put on a condom because that means sex and you're going to have to go to the bishop? Or what kind of Mormon girl would go on birth control? Right. You sure couldn't let your parents know or even your doctor. Your doctor's probably Mormon. Of course. And we'll tattle on you. They'll tattle on you to your parents or your bishop. Mm -hmm. God. Mm -hmm. Oh, Mormons. Do you want to try the Provo push tonight? (laughs) (laughs) Who can we call? We need a friend. Brenda. We we need a buddy. (laughs) Brenda's going to come Provo push from underneath. You know, the thing is, we would just all be laughing. <laughs> well, you know, I had a number of sexual encounters around college, during and, and after, and I never really wanted a friend in the room. Let's be honest. It's a little awkward. <laughs> I didn't J- want that. Jimmy, come on now. <laughs> didn't really want Push that. harder. Mm-hmm. So weird. That so is, is that really strange. a threesome? Um, no, but I would put it under voyeurism, for sure. But if you're under the bed, you can't watch. You can hear it. But if Unless you're silent. You're silent. <laughs> well, you would be silent because nothing's that well, I guess it's there now the insertion is actually moving because of the push. I guess. Amazing that we have to analyze the weird <laughs> rule skirting of the Ooh, little Mormons. Let's invent something and be rich. We'll invent a bed that does the pushing for you. You have those vibrating beds where you put the quarter in. I don't think that would be enough vibration. But maybe. I don't know, we could try. <laughs> I mean, anything's better than nothing, so... I'm surprised they don't sell those. Some enterprising guy is going to sell those. Some Provo salesman. push beds? Salesman. Going to sell those. Provo push Have beds. a Provo push in the <laughs> privacy of your own home with only two people. Right. So you don't have to invite your buddy. That's okay. Good. Well, that was the Foom Pod. That was the Foom Pod. And there I got go. it right. You did because you had already read a thing about it yesterday. I, I think that's well, a little bit of cheating. I didn't know that... I didn't know. Pushing meant someone's actually moving the bed like well, i didn't why else would it okay fine anyway half fine. buzzer what no i get the full fucking fine, buzzer. Full buzzer no not a buzzer i a mean bell. <laughs> bell i don't get the buzzer at all okay she is really competitive y'all. i am i am <laughs> <laughs> i won that fair and square all right just read the thing oh my turn over 10 years ago now i had a boyfriend in high school in utah who was mormon I had already left the church at this point, but was still heavily influenced by it. And we would often go pretty far, but not quite all the way. You know, provo pushing, heavy petting, whatever you want to call that stuff, LOL. (laughs) He was often so distraught over it afterward that he would ask me to punch him in the balls anytime (laughs) he got an erection whenever we'd make out or something. Oh my God. Jesus. When I'd say no, I did not want to punch him in the balls. He pressured and convinced me to do it. I didn't fully punch him because I was scared of hurting him too bad. But of course, it still hurt him and he doubled over in pain. (laughs) After that one time, I never did it again and told him I would not punch him whenever he asked me to punch him in the future. So he ended up sometimes doing it himself. (sighs) I tried to tell him it was okay and natural to have these feelings. But at the same time, I told him we could stop because it was affecting him so badly. Wow. You're going to punch yourself. You're just going to punch yourself in a really sensitive area and cause yourself pain. Because you got turned on, which is a normal response. Couldn't you get permanent damage from punching your testicles over and For over? For sure. It just seems really unsafe. Well, I mean, Mormon boy trying to wow. keep clean and pure so you can go on a mission. Oh, honey. I feel really sorry <sighs> for this kid. Yeah. I really the do. Guilt. The guilt. Yeah. Causing you to be violent with yourself because of the guilt. Yeah. 
You know, Fucking a. we don't hear a lot of stories about how uh, the guilt and pressure, et cetera, affects boys and mm-hmm. men. We, mm-hmm. we don't get as many stories. And my heart goes out to this kid. Really yeah. does. Poor yeah. guy feeling like he's got to hurt himself because of sexual feelings and thoughts. Ah, it's natural, people. It's natural. Maybe the old people of the church, are they're just so fucking old, they can't get it up anymore, so they don't want anyone else to get it up either. <laughs> is that what it is? Rusty's like a thousand. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sure that's the reason. <laughs> no, it's because it's a stupid, weird sex cult, and you have to save yourself for marriage so you can make Mormons. Jesus. Let's make more Mormons. It's the only way we're going to keep them. Mm-hmm. And that's not even a guarantee. No, they're It's the only way they're going to start out. There you go. Brainwashed and indoctrinated with the hope that they will continue to be a Mormon the rest of their damn life and yep. make more Mormons after that. Why? To pay their tithing and make the people at the top rich. Yep. Yep. It's a pyramid scheme. It is. Okay. Next. Next. When I was younger, masturbation was very marginalized as a sin. So between the bishop interviews and the advice he gave my parents, I felt a lot of shame and guilt, and I still feel that to this day. The advice he gave them was to not let me be alone long in a secured environment. So the door to my room was pulled off the hinges. Dear God. The lock was removed from the bathroom door, and if I was in the shower longer than 10 minutes, my mom would come in and sit on the toilet and wait till I got out. The fuck? Mm-hmm. Mom, come on. Right? There was no privacy for me from the time I was 10 until I was 18. It has also fucked things up between me and my husband. A wife's only duty is to fulfill the needs of her husband. Mm -hmm. That was what I was taught. So all the issues with feeling as though sex was a requirement and that my needs were not valid. Plus, I was taught you never ask for things and just be grateful if you get anything. Yep. I'm in therapy now trying to unravel all the indoctrination that I had from my upbringing. My husband has been great. He was not raised in the church, and he's been super supportive and doing anything and everything to help me unravel all this. That's amazing. How many Mormon wives out there just lay there out of duty to their husband? Mm. Yeah. How many Mormon wives out there have never been brought to an orgasm by sex? Mm. (sighs) Or even maybe even know how to achieve orgasm. No. Well, I mean, you're not taught anything. Anything. Not given any books. Nope. And the men aren't either, so what? they don't know what the fuck's going on. Right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Jesus. And that whole thing about worrying about masturbation. That fucks you up hard. Yeah. Taking yeah. the door off the fucking hinges? So I have a friend who, he's now left the church, but he said that you never felt safe in the shower because you never know at any moment your his dad would come in and just rip the shower curtain back. Oh, to my make sure God. they weren't masturbating. Wow. Yeah. Talk about feeling unsafe. Unsafe. In your own home. Yeah. Cause even if you're not masturbating, you don't know when your dad's gonna come in and rip the shower curtain back. What if what about in that exact moment you are washing your penis? Mm-hmm. And then oh, right. you get accused. Cause you know, I would hope you wash your penis because it's gross if you don't. Well, you might be afraid to even touch the thing. That's true. Because of shame and guilt messaging. God. And fear. Like it's basically like, don't touch that. Like it's a hot stove. Wow. 
Just probably a bunch of unwashed penises and nut sacks out there. <laughs> it's disgusting, by the way. <laughs> because they're too afraid to <laughs> touch, touch it. it. Fucking Mormonism, you made it so these men aren't have, clean. They're not clean. <laughs> Their nut sacks are moldy. Like Jeez, they're moldy. <laughs> I don't know how they get if you don't wash them. They might smell like toe jam <laughs> if they're unclean. No offense to listeners that have nuts. <laughs> But blah. please clean your nutsack. Please clean your nutsack. <laughs> this has been okay. a public service announcement <laughs> for clean nutsacks everywhere. <laughs> Dear God. Wow. Yep. Oh man, this shit is real. Mm-hmm. Oh God. All right, it's my turn to read. Yeah. Okay. Whew. I don't even know where to start in telling you all the ways purity culture completely and utterly traumatized my sexuality. I've made strides since deconstructing, but I still have an extremely hard time fully connecting with my partner during sex. As a whole, sex was so shamed in my youth that for a long time I found my genitalia so repulsive, I didn't even like being touched because of the shame by myself or otherwise. Masturbation also was and remains to be a difficult thing to do for the same reasons. Because of purity culture, I married my first husband way too young, 19 as I thought it was the only way I'd get out of my parents' house and the only way God would forgive me for having premarital sex. First marriage was to my very first boyfriend, the same person I lost my virginity to. Because if I married him, it no longer made any difference, right? The marriage obviously ended very badly, and if I'm being really honest, I'm still not entirely sure what my sexual orientation is. I say you're a lesbian. (laughs) I know I'm not totally straight, but I don't feel comfortable even suggesting I'm bi. I could probably write a book about all the ways religion messed me up, but my religious-related sexual trauma is definitely one of the biggest personal demons. I've been thinking about this all day, and I think one of the most damaging bits of BS I was fed was that you gave a piece of your soul to every person you had sex with. Oh, my God. I was taught that, too. Which is why a woman should remain pure until marriage. So my future husband received me whole. Mm -hmm. And that was why women who sleep around are cheap because they've given themselves away and have nothing, no soul left to give. I really took that to heart and boy, did that fuck Mm. me up. So you were taught this too? I was taught even crazier by like weird fringy Mormons. Oh my God, this is going to sound so wacky. So when you have sex, Mm -hmm. it, um, how do I explain it? it? It like opens a hole in your body that then allows evil spirits to come in. Like a portal? Yes. Like, <laughs> like a hell mound? Yes. <laughs> That's from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. My vagina has a hell mound. <laughs> My vagina is a hell mound? It is. So isn't that weird? <laughs> it's unusual. I had never heard that, so I'd say that wouldn't be the typical teaching. Uh, I've never heard that you give a little bit of your soul away when yep, you have sex. And, you know, it's just another scare tactic. It's another scare tactic. You oh, don't want to lose sure. your soul. You don't want your soul to be divided. What are you, Voldemort? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I remember in Sunday school, um, the teacher one time brought in a picture, I guess, whatever. It's like a hand-drawn picture that he found somewhere and had printed out copies for each of us. And the caption was, if you sleep with one person, you've also slept with everyone they've slept with mm. and everyone they've slept with and everyone they've slept with. Oh so there's a picture of a person and then like thousands of other people off in the background. Oh, my god! That's not how it works, people. Uh, Jesus. Yeah. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got the next one. Um, another reminder about the trigger warning. This next one is about abuse and rape. So if those are difficult subjects for you, 
You can fast forward a couple minutes or maybe stop listening. Take care of you. Listener says there's a lot to unpack here. I was coerced into sex when I was 19 and was raped and abused during that relationship. Jesus. I still have a lot of shame about that. I've gone to confession a billion times for that, and I still feel like I will go to hell for it. I fooled around with a guy friend a year before my abusive relationship, everything but sex. I also had some other sexual relationships after the abusive relationship and before meeting my husband, and I don't feel ashamed about any of those, just the relationship with my abuser. I feel like I will go to hell for that. Still feeling that way, evidently. Wow. Wow. So the relationship that she feels like will take her to hell was the abusive one. The one that was completely, she had no control Yeah, over. no control. Not her fault. Yeah, right. God. So victim blaming. Of course. Is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Not just by other people, but clearly the victims themselves. Oh, yeah. Blame yourself. Blame I themselves. should have... Yeah, I should have said something. I should have said no. I shouldn't have been drunk. I should have... Right. Shouldn't have been in that situation. I should have stayed with him afterward. I shouldn't have worn that outfit. Yep. To invite that. Yep. Right? Yep. I shouldn't have made out so much with him. Right. My fault. Oh, God, I hate stories like this. I hate it. It breaks my heart. You know, and the reason we tell these stories, it's not to make a spectacle of people, but it's... Well, I hope that people who are listening can either relate, meaning they know that they're not alone. You know, right. you're not alone. You're not crazy. You're not the only one who's felt this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like... If you feel- haven't gone through it, hopefully you can feel a lot of compassion and empathy for those Absolutely. who have. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and be part of that support structure for mm-hmm. people healing. Going through something, feeling like you're alone in it is so fucking hard. Oh, yeah. But when you realize other people have gone through it and that you're not crazy, mm-hmm. yeah, there's there's strength in numbers. You know, when this comes out, we will be in Martinsburg, West Virginia at that No More Silence conference. Yeah. And the point of that is to raise awareness about the abuses, yeah. sexual abuses in particular, that are allowed by the Mormon church, that mm-hmm. they go undetected, unreported, victims are silenced, yep. and we are going to be part of that panel speaking out against that. I want to say, too, that there's some heavy shit as far as the church, like doing cover-ups kind of taking care of their boys, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But even when there's nothing purposeful going on, there's no purposeful cover-up, the fact that you are expected to forgive your abuser Mm -hmm. right away and act like nothing is wrong, that's damaging as shit. Mm -hmm. It's like, honestly, who says you need to forgive your abuser? That is so shitty to tell someone. They're not ready. They don't have to. No, they, they don't have it, to. You don't Why have would to? you? Why would you ever forgive someone who did that to you? But the thing is, they tell them you need to forgive and then you will be happy. No. Bullshit. It doesn't work that way. And if they don't want to forgive them, guess what? They don't have to. Don't tell someone. Because saying forgive them is basically like, let it go. Just fucking right. let it go. Right. Oof. Yeah, I wouldn't look at the healing process to get through that as forgiveness. Forgiveness. That's, like, that's forgiving not your abuser does it. not is not required in order to heal. It's I wouldn't even know how you would. How would you after that? Now you can go through processes to lessen mm-hmm. the pain of that, lessen mm-hmm. that acute feeling every time you trigger over mm-hmm. that experience. You can do things to start to heal so it is not as painful years and years later, let's say. Yeah. 
And if you decide that you, for your own health, your choice, you decide to forgive your abuser, that's you. I don't think I would. No, and I don't, and I'm not expecting people to feel like they have to. I'm just saying when your leader above you says you need to forgive, Mm -hmm. fuck him. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you don't need to anything. No, the healing process, that is not required. No, it's a healing process is very individual. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's some bullshit right there. Mm -hmm. You know, on a Scandal Sessions episode that we're going to record. We're actually going to record that hopefully today. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to talk about some abuse I went through. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about it on here because I really, I'm really sensitive to the rest of the family Yes, that was involved in this situation. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm not going to talk about it here. Mm-hmm. So, just letting you know, mm-hmm. that's going to be coming up. So, okay. Yeah, my turn. I was raised evangelical. Assemblies of God. Woo, woo. I went to an you? Assemblies of God woo, church. Woo. Wait, wait. A pastor's daughter. Not me. No. Okay. <laughs> I had a purity ring, went on dates with my dad, oh, and God. went to every convention uh, I possibly could. This is the uh, weird fucks right here. This is that purity culture. So I somehow was in the evangelical church right before the purity culture. Thank God. I didn't have, well, my father was an atheist, so whatever. Yeah, I wouldn't have, you wouldn't have taken me on a date. With him date. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's so weird. It's like, I'm going to keep myself pure for my husband and prove that by hanging out with my dad. And then my date. dad can give me to my husband that I was pure for. I'm going to go on it's, a date yeah, with my it's dad. It's so weird. <laughs> Dear God. <sighs> Moving yeah. on. Okay. Since I was homeschooled, church events were my only socialization. My sex education consisted of the body book from American Girl and a variety of purity propaganda. Sounds like great sex education material. Yeah. Don't do it. That's you <laughs> right? know, it's a short book. Don't do it or God hates you. Mm-hmm. Okay. My husband, spoiler alert, now ex, was raised similarly with just a tad more speaking in tongues and slaying in the spirit with a hint of prosperity gospel thrown in. It's quite the mix. He sounds fun. Is he available? (laughs) Wait, we even met at Bible camp. It's getting steamier. He sounds like a blast. We attended a private Christian liberal arts university where we felt major pressure to tie the knot. Well, yeah, duh, because you don't want to fuck. (laughs) Right. So after two years of dating, one year of long distance, we got engaged. We got married nine months later, and needless to say, we waited until our wedding night for sex. Of course you did. Let me guess. Awkward, and he couldn't get it up. Okay. (laughs) Let me keep reading. I made that up in my head. Uh Uh-huh. We did mess around before we got married, but nothing more than steamy makeout sessions. We were both pretty freaked out when we got to our hotel room. There was a lot of pressure to just get it over with. I was stressed. He was stressed. I made the call that we were just going to cuddle and go to sleep. We were exhausted anyway. Mm. That night turned into a week, turned into a month, turned into six years. We never had penetrative sex. Wow. That was by far not the worst part of our relationship, but I was still scarred by it. I bet. After my divorce, I became very sex positive and allowed myself to have several interesting experiences and got into BDSM. Mm. I'm now in a committed long-term relationship with a man. I struggle between hypersexuality and not wanting to be touched. I used to struggle with major feelings of guilt surrounding sex and pleasure, but I'm a lot better now after doing some therapy, yay therapy, Mm -hmm. and joining support groups for people raised like this. Wow. (sighs) 
<sighs> hey, Mary, mm-hmm. will you give me a purity ring and go on dates with me? <laughs> uh, can I rip it off you afterwards? <laughs> I think the purity is <laughs> far gone at this point. I think so, too. <laughs> Fuck purity. Oh, for sure I'm a licked cupcake. Oh, God. And getting I... licked as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I'm a cracked iPad, but that doesn't sound as sexy <laughs> No, anymore. it doesn't. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'm going to read the next one, and this will be the last one for today. Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. are going to continue this series. There are so many more responses, yeah. and this is such an amazing topic, and people have a lot to say about it. Yes. So we're gonna, we want to try to get in as much of these as possible. Yeah. Okay, last one for today. I literally cannot have sex with my boyfriend. The mental trauma caused severe vaginismus. I think that's how you say that. Okay. So now I have to try to find a pelvic floor therapist and go through physical therapy to try to get my muscles to relax. Jesus. It's so dehumanizing to not be able to enjoy something that I 100% should be able to. So, wow. Yeah. This totally reminded me. I, I was listening lately to the last couple episodes of the You Can Do Hard Things podcast, and it is featuring an interview with Emily Nagoski. She wrote this book, Come As You Are. Mm-hmm. This person is basically a like a sex therapist with mm-hmm. like a PhD, so like a scientist, basically. Somewhere between a scientist and a therapist, I believe. <laughs> and it's fascinating. It's, it's called a scientist. <laughs> Maybe so. Mm-hmm. So you, unbeknownst to you, had bought these books. For us un- to read. Right. Not having any idea that this was all coming out at the same time. So, Tender Mercy? Yes. That I was listening to this interview with her, and it seems— I guess the Spirit told uh, me. Yeah, the Spirit told you, get these books, because we mm-hmm. should read these. And I was like, oh, this is that author that, of the books that Shelley bought for us. By the way, Shelley has this really cute habit of buying double copies of books with the intention that we're going to read them somehow together and compare we notes. Did, we did with um, that Westover book. Tara Westover. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But— You've been listening to books lately. Yeah, because we do a lot of driving. Yeah, that's true. I I literally don't have a lot of time to sit and read. So we have two copies. If Mm -hmm. anyone would like a copy of Come As You Are, (laughs) and you're local, you (laughs) you can come get it. But anyway, Emily Nagoski talks about vaginismus, and I think I'm saying that correctly. I looked up how to pronounce it. That's one of the things she talks about. It's a real thing. Wow. Where in your head, uh, you have so much anxiety— your body reacts physically to that. Wow. And will not allow your vagina to open up in order to be penetrated. Like this is a real uh, experience that people go through. So this book just seems so fascinating. They got into some of that on that podcast, We Can Do Hard Things. Mm -hmm. If you want to check that out, it's a two-parter with her. So pretty pretty wild. Is it uh, Glennon Doyle? This is Glennon Doyle's podcast. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, the struggle's real. We want to recognize everyone who is suffering because of religion Mm -hmm. around this topic of sex and masturbation. It's a huge, huge deal. Thank you once again for everyone who's bravely sharing their stories. I think we would be hard-pressed to have people write in stories where they were not traumatized by their sexual experience within religion. Oh, there's a lot of it. It's very prevalent. If you came from a religious experience— No, I mean— I don't think we could get people to write in that were like, I didn't suffer at all because you got fucked up. Like people, people. <laughs> what are you trying to say, Shelley? <laughs> I'm trying to say that there probably is nobody out there who can tell a story about not being fucked up. 
coming from a religious background. Well, a fundamentalist religious background. Yes. One of those yeah. hardcore religious backgrounds. Like Mormonism. Yeah. I mean, if you're raised uh, universalist Unitarian, you might not have sexual problems. I don't right. know. Yeah. You know? I don't know. It really depends on the teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, that yeah. That shit gets in your head. Because it's not oh, yeah. just, here's a good idea. It's like, God said. Yeah. Brr. Right. And don't touch that. I'm going to take the door off its hinges and make sure, stand outside your shower, make sure you're not taking too long in there. I would hate to be that mom. Can you imagine? I can't. Oh, my god! Even in my most Mormony Mormon days, I, you know, I talked to my kids about don't masturbate, um, which I'm sorry, children. And, but I wouldn't have, like, busted in their room to try to catch them. So your youngest three kids mm-hmm. did not have that same upbringing no. as your older kids. They probably masturbate all the time. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I'm sure a lot of your children do. Oh, of course they do. <laughs> I, mean, I have do. I have teenage boys. Like, <laughs> and girls. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, you're right. Girls masturbate too. They do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <For> truth. <laughs> it's okay to masturbate. <laughs> right. um, okay. Let us take our final commercial break. We've got some people to thank. Hell yeah. Yeah. We're going to do that in just a second. Be right back. Okay. We're back. So we have a lot. Of names. We've had um, a lot of people coming on board. <laughs> Thank do. you, everybody. I know. It's amazing. Thank you all so much. Uh, I guess we're not going to take the time to like, try to remember names for all. We're going to do, we're going to give you special names. Mm-hmm. But we're going to do what? Word association. Word association again. I'm going to make Mary. So Mary doesn't know the patron name, so I am going to make <laughs> her do the word association. The first thing that comes to my head. Oh, this should be good. You ready? <laughs> okay. We have five oh, do new we? patrons. Five patrons. Sure as shit. <laughs> Um, this one is a prodigal son. He has come and gone and come and gone and come and gone. And now he is back again. Okay. The name is Goose. Goose. No last initial. Uh, platypus. I don't know why. I was good. <laughs> you it was like platypus. That? I did. I do like it. <laughs> Next, also no last name, Anastasia. Simple sugar. I don't know why that popped in my head. <laughs> I don't know. The fuck is simple sugar? <laughs> really? Anastasia, simple sugar. <laughs> I, don't I know, know simple syrup. Oh, yeah. I think that's what I meant. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Oh, you're my little simple sugar. (laughs) I'm really, I put the simple in simple sugar. For sure. (laughs) Maybe Anastasia is sweet. No, you already said simple sugar. Sorry, Anastasia, simple sugar. Right. That means she's sweet. Oh, okay. I thought you were trying to get her another S. No. Okay, next. Nicole M. Oh, an M. Muscles. <laughs> you went I'm to the gym. Here, I did. You no, went no, to the no. gym today. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Next, Lydia J R. You need the J and the R. Uh, Dallas, because J R reminds me of that show Dallas. No, it's got to start with J and start with. Oh, oh. no, you're right. It doesn't. <laughs> it's just word no, association. Okay, Jamboree, rah rah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lydia, I'm sorry. I'm not Mary's, sure what's happening. Yeah, I don't know. And the last, there's no last initial, Brooke. Brooke babbling. Brooke comma babbling. <laughs> you babbling, Brooke. I'm not good at this. Oh, dear me. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, patrons. Um, I'm taking this responsibility out of Mary's hands okay. now. Um, these two are from that GoFundMe microphone fund. By the way, everyone came through. We... Totally paid for the microphones. Thank she you, did. everybody yes, who contributed. In fact, this first person I'm going to read contributed twice. Wow. This is her second time contributing. Do you think it was an accident? 
I don't know. Well, don't tell her because she might want <laughs> rescind. <laughs> uh-huh. Or what were you going to say? Thing? I, I thing. <laughs> uh, renege. Okay, that's pretty good vocabulary for you. Thank you. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that in there. Okay. okay. Uh, Elizabeth F. Fuck. Oh, well, very thematic to yeah, today's I mean, episode. Sure. Yep. I'm on it. Jill S. Supercilious. Supercilious. Is that a word? Probably. It is now, bitches. (laughs) See, the idea of word association Mm -hmm. is you have to say it quickly. Where Mary's like, be, huh, babbling brook. You got to fucking throw that out fast, Mary. I feel a lot of judgment, listeners. You should. I'm being judged Mm -hmm. here. Next. Can we move on to Supercast? Oh, yeah, Supercast. What is Supercast, Mary? Oh, Supercast. Time for me to tune out. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) It's that uh, subscription service that allows you to listen to bonus content and ad-free episodes right from your current podcast player. Nice. Also, everyone at any kind of support thing. At the $5 and above level. Yep, $5 and above level. You get access to... Scandal Sessions. (laughs) Do we have a little ditty for that yet? No. Okay. Did you... What? I don't know. No. We play the same music in Scandal Sessions. Did you want special music? embarrassing. Yeah. It's embarrassing? What? You're embarrassed? No, I'm not really, but make some new music. Are you telling me to do more work? It's a suggestion. (laughs) It's a strong suggestion. Huh. (laughs) Kidding. Okay. How many, how many of these do we have? I'm going to start making you do some shit. Okay. We've got a bunch. All right, so you're going to go through these real quick. Ready? <sighs> yep. Thank you, everyone who supports us. Okay. First member, Aaron L. Lover. Lydia J.R. Oh, she was on the other uh, one, yeah. too. So. What did we say about her before? <laughs> it was horrible. Jamboree rah rah. <laughs> God, I just turned a thousand years old. I'm not says sure. jamboree. No, no. Why that popped in my head? Because <laughs> you're old. I <laughs> uh, love you. I love you too, huh, baby. What's happening? Sarah B. Babylon. Really? Came to my head. Kylie P. Particular. 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 Jill S. Once again. Smash. Adele, or it could be Adele, because there's a little accent over the uh, E. Adele, let's go with that. Adele, mm-hmm. maybe? T. Oh, you can't spend too well, much time thinking about it. The first thing that came to mind was truth, and that's just really lame. Trombone oh, came to my head. Touche. Touche, oh. Because it's got the little Adelaide. line thing, too. Touche. Boom! All right. You're welcome. Is W. Wonky. <laughs> Is wonky. Is wonky. I guess that's how you say it. It's I-Z. Oh, I-Z wonky. Or just is. Okay. Is wonky. eyes? I don't know. Eyes wonky. Lacey A. Astronomical. Oh. Elizabeth L. Leonardo. Elizabeth G. Gads. What? Like E-Gads. Who's a thousand now? (laughs) Who says E-Gads? Who says E-Gads? You're rubbing off on me right now with your (laughs) oldness. (laughs) (laughs) Cecilia P. Party time. Mm. C-J-O. Orgasm. Oh, you're welcome, C-J. You're welcome, C-J, <laughs> for that orgasm. Kirsten J. Jackalope. Oh, I like that one, but you used it again. You used it before. Uh, a couple weeks. Oh. Oh, you pick. Okay. Uh, Kirsten. Geronimo! That's it with a G. Never mind. Mary. 
Kirsten. Jackknife. Now okay. I'm stuck on the jack you got, ja- you got jack on your brain. Mm-hmm. Your brain's all jacked up. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you. If you would like to give us financial support, we would really appreciate it. Please visit latterdaylesbian.org slash support. Don't forget to tune into those scandal sessions. Check them out. It's pretty scandalous in there. Mm-hmm. And speaking of, we need to get to that recording now. All right, let's do it. Let's wrap this up and thank Dan from Extension Audio. Thanks for leaving it in, Dan. Appreciate it. Everybody, please, please, have we taught you nothing? Steer clear of those fucking cults. Because they are no joke. No, they're not. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.